Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Tonight, uh, the Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets live from Canada Life Center in Winnipeg. That's the new name of their building. It's the 4.30 face-off show, 6 p.m. puck drop. Uh, Cam and myself, along with Rob Brown and Reed Wilkins on the Oilers Radio Network. Jack Michaels, Louis DeBras, Gene Principe uh, will be on NHL Hockey and Rogers. I'll join them for one of the intermissions as well. Brendan, just uh, give me the good word, my man. And uh, we will tell you, we're just negotiating contact right now with Oilers GM and President of Hockey Operations, Ken Holland. Today, he will be our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk. W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. So, Ken Holland, and I think we've got Ken. Ken, how are you doing? Good. Nice to be with you. Yes, thank you. Uh, well, what's it like to be a Hall of Famer? Um, surreal, really, Bob. Feel very fortunate. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of talented people on and off the ice uh, that that, that uh, have made this happen. So it was an incredible few days there. Um, and uh, but happy to be back. I'm in Winnipeg here, and happy to be back uh, back with the Oilers. Yeah, uh, I guess you made the right choice not going down the path of being a vacuum salesman, eh? <laughs> yeah, my mom was encouraging me on that path, and I wasn't quite sure. So, uh, fortunately, the phone rang, and Jim Devolano offered me a job as a Western Canada scout. So, uh, hockey's been my passion ever since I've been a young little young uh, young guy, and I've been fortunate to be in the game my whole life. Uh, my father, who has long since passed, uh, wanted me to be a lawyer. And I said, uh, I ended up picking a profession that almost got me to become as unpopular as a lawyer is. But I'm just joking for all my buddies that are lawyers out there listening to the show right now. It's funny how life works out. So you go in, I mean, take us through the weekend. Like, uh, you know, what, what took place on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for you there in Toronto? Friday we had a press conference, uh, you know, for like two to three thirty at the um, at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, um, and um, we we um, and then we had the, the the Hall of Fame induction, uh, the Hall of Fame game Friday night where we all got uh, introduced on the ice at the Leafs Flames game, and uh, everybody all the inductees each had a suite and uh, you could have twenty people there, so we had family and friends. Uh, Saturday we went down uh, for 
for about an hour, hour and a half, and there was all six inductees in a room together, and we signed uh, posters and memorabilia and things for uh, for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And then I was done on uh, uh, for the afternoon. The, the the player inductees had a uh, fan forum, and then on uh, pretty well every inductee uh, had a private party or you know private dinner or something on Saturday night. I had uh, maybe a hundred people get together. We we rented uh, the Hall of Fame, and I had, a, I had a party at the Hall of Fame Saturday night. Sunday we um, you have the uh, Hall of Fame game and we go on the ice and we get uh, our, our jacket and then Monday night was induction ceremony. All right. Uh, how often did you craft your speech? Well, it was right up. <laughs> Probably started a month ago and I had my... I don't know, ten or twelve different different versions, and even I I I, I sent in my final draft on uh, I think on Friday or something Thursday, and then uh, I, I made some changes to it uh, Saturday. We went for the rehearsal on Saturday on, on Monday morning, and then I saw the speechwriter there, and I said, "Can I make a few changes? Because they got to put it on the teleprompter." And he said, "Yeah, if you get it to me by one o'clock." So twelve thirty there, twelve thirty on. on uh, on Monday, I was still making a few changes to my uh, to my speech, and I, I don't think I was the only one because I know that uh, when I got there, uh, uh, Kevin Lowe said he was making changes all afternoon and uh, a little tweaks, not changes, but tweaks. And Marion Hosa told me the same thing. We were all uh, all tweaking right up to the right up to the time we went to the podium. There we go. I know that uh, when I was the SID at the University of Alberta, some, for some of our coaches, when they won Coaches of the Year, I assisted in a couple of speeches. I know Jerry Friesen, he used one of my lines. Uh, he goes, this will be looked at back uh, many years from now as one of the worst uh, Coaches of the Year of all time. <laughs> so I, I, he wanted everybody to laugh to begin with. And I got you guys fooled or something, something to that effect. So there you have it. We're joined by uh, Hockey Hall of Famer Kent Holland, who of course, is the president of hockey operations and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. And Ken, let's uh, switch. You are back with your team. Did you get a chance to to watch the the games in? Uh, let's see, you weren't with us in uh, Boston. So Boston, Buffalo, and St. Louis. How much of those games did you get a chance to watch? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was in Detroit and I stayed over, and then I worked my way to Toronto. So I watched uh, watched the full Boston game. And then I saw we were introduced uh, on the ice in, in Toronto. So I missed the first period of the Buffalo game, and, and I had to do a couple of other TV interviews. So probably saw bits and pieces of the Buffalo game. I did see all the St. Louis game the other night. And like I said, now I'm, I'm, I'll be here in the rink here tonight. All right. Well, there you go. So you've seen your team a lot. they got an 11-3 and record. We're 14 games in the season. Leon Dreisaitl has 31 points. Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, has 27 and a 14-game point streak. You're leading the league in goals for number one in the power play. What do you think of your team so far this year, Ken? Well, I mean, 11 and three. We got to be happy. I mean, you look around. Uh, I, I think there's always things you want to you want to do better. I, I, you know, I think that. Uh, you know, I think that recently we've probably given up too many scoring chances, and and, and uh, you know, the we've been in some shootouts, five four in St. Louis and six uh, five against uh, um, against the New York Rangers. You know, those are fun games for the fans, but I think uh, and over eighty two games, you're going to have some of those games. But I think, uh, you know, ideally, I think we'd probably like to. You know, everybody focusing in on the goals for certainly the goals against are going to be uh, really important as you head down the stretch. 
stretch and you get into playoff hockey, uh, you know, trying to keep the puck out of your net. But, you know, obviously the power plays good. And, you know, the special teams, we, we give up a, what, what were we, 13 or 14 or 15 in a row on the road before we give up our first uh, power play goal. So, you know, I think there's lots of positives, but I think there's always things you can w- work on. And I think what we'd probably like to work on, be a little bit better at is some things on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, Ken, you're 11 and three, and Mike Smith, you know, started three games. He only completed two of them. He got the two wins. Miko Koskinen's nine and one. So again, I reiterate, you're 11 and three, and Miko Koskinen's nine and one. Um, so that's the good news. The bad news is we're not sure. Can you provide us any update whatsoever on what's going on with Mike Smith and whether or not this is becoming a little bit concerning? I don't know if we're concerned about the injury. I think we're concerned. Um, there, there, you know, it has to be a little bit. I mean, obviously, we thought he was going to be back by now. I think Mike thought he'd be back. We thought he'd be back. It's, it's just sort of, it's just a, a nagging, aggravating thing that, uh, you know, when you want to, you know, when you want to play goal. Um, you want to feel good, and, and he's got something that's aggravating him a, a, a little bit. Um, you know, so we're, we're taking extra precaution. And obviously, when you've got uh, Miko playing the way Miko's playing, um, it allows us to be um, very, very conservative. So, you know, am I am I concerned? No, I'm not concerned. Um, I, I I would expect that at some point in time he's going to be back. Uh, I look. I look on injuries as a way of team building. You know, you're, if you think you're going to go all year long and you're going to trot out the same two goalies, the same six defensemen, the same uh, 12 forwards, I think you're dreaming. And I think that, yep. and if you do have that go on for 82 games, I, somewhere along the line you're going to have injuries in the playoffs and, 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 and the coaching staff isn't going to know what to do because they haven't dealt with adversity all year long. So I think adversity is a good thing. Um, I think it's a, it's a way to build your team. And if, and if you're not good enough, then the, the adversity brings you down. But so far here in the early going, um, you know, Miko Koskinen's been a great story for us. It's given us a chance to see uh, Stu Skinner play a little bit, and, and, and Stu gets to be around the NHL. And again, at some point in time, I'm expecting that Mike Smith's going to be back, and he's going to be fresh and hungry, and he's going to be able to play uh, play a bunch of games. So, you know, I guess it depends on how you look at injuries. I, I look at them. I, 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 I'm not that I'm wishing for injuries, but, but you're going to get injuries, and it's a way to build your team. It's a way for other players to get an opportunity to play. It's a way for the coach to see what they can can do try different uh, defense pairings or or different uh, different lineups up front and when you look around the league lots of teams have injuries i mean uh, obviously uh, ottawa's been shut down now they have half their team out with covid and they're, they're postponed some games so uh, you know i think that uh, this is an opportunity for us to see what uh, it's been good for koskin i'm sure it's been good for his confidence and it's been good for Stu skinner all right. On defense, uh, your thoughts on the key CC pairing uh, so far and what they've given you? Well, I think they've given us what we, you know, in the summertime when we sat in a room there, uh, you know, kind of piecing together. You know, Dave Tippett was on the line, Ken Hitchcock, you know, myself, Keith Gretzky, and, and, and Archie Henderson and all our pro scouts, you know, uh, going over what we wanted to do with the team. Um, you know, I think that uh, they've been as, as, as we felt they were going to be. I, I think they've been, uh, you know, they've been, they've been steady. They've been solid. Uh, you know, probably, 
a game here or there, you know, they haven't been up to par, but over 82 games, everybody's going to have those nights when they're not up to par. So I think overall, personally, to, to, to see where they're at, I, I think we've got to be happy with their contributions to this point in time. Uh, Evan Bouchard uh, tonight looks like he's going to start with Cuckoo and Tyson Berry's going to see some accelerated minutes with Darnell Nurse. I know Ty- Tyson's been, uh, you know, he, he wants that opportunity and uh, I think there's a lot of fans really excited about Evan. I want to ask you about another uh, defenseman in the organization, a guy that the fans don't get to see a lot of unless they pay for the AHL subscription. Uh, we do have Jay Woodcroft on the show every Monday here on Oilers now. Philip Roberg, we're told, is playing in every uh, situation. Um, he, I wonder whether or not maybe by the time we get out of the Olympic break with the way he's tracking or trending right now, he could be an option to the team. But what are, what are the reports and what are the visuals that you're personally seeing when you watch Broberg play? Well, first off, you know, I get every, you know, we keep minutes played. So, I mean, every night I get um, get, get his minutes played and, and, and Broberg's playing pretty well 21 to 24 minutes every night. You know, so he's getting... Uh, Playing lots of key situations, playing important situations. Um, you know, I think uh, I, you know my take is he's, he's playing he's playing good, and I think he's he's gotten better here over the last uh, three or four games as he's gotten comfortable. I think early in training camp he was hanging on the puck a little. He was used to the big ice surface. He was used to the four checkers coming in and and stick checking and doing flybys. And he's got adjusted to the North American Pro game, so I, I think he's playing well. I think he's in a good spot, um, and he's and, he, and he's, he's very important down there. You know, when's he going to be up? I don't just uh, who knows. But for right now, he's in a he's in a really good spot, and I think he's getting better as as, as he goes along, more comfortable with, with the North American Pro game. Any update at all on Holloway? On, on his, I believe the you're, you're sort, we're sort of looking at January, right, for him to maybe get back and playing. Well, the, 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 you know, again, I haven't checked on it here in about the last week or ten days because we have been on the road. But you know, the plan has always been, or was, has been up until about a week ago, was that uh, we kind of see where he's at on December the first. You know, take some pictures, and hopefully, I'm hoping that sometime in December, you know, barring any setbacks, that sometime in December that he would maybe start to be able to, you know, to to, to do more in practice, and and then uh, you know. Sometime in the new year, um, he'll be able to uh, work his way up to where he's back and playing. Obviously, we're going to send him to Bakersfield to, to get going, and, uh, and from there we'll see where he's at. But the hope is that sometime in the new year, uh, early, earlier the better, that he'll be back uh, playing. And, Ken, uh, just one final sort of prospect-related one. Xavier Borgo, 22nd overall, 2021 NHL draft. I don't know if you thought he'd be leading the Quebec League in scoring, but he's leading the Quebec League in scoring. 15 goals, 30 points, 16 games, plus 9. This guy's got a chance to make uh, maybe an outside chance because he's not as big a name as some other right-wingers like Dylan Gunther that weren't on the team last year. But he's got a chance to make Team Canada for the World Juniors in Edmonton, doesn't he? Yeah, Keith Gretzky was just out there and watched him play two or three games last week, and was really, really pleased with the uh, the way he played. And, and uh, like you said, he's leading the league in scoring. I thought in training camp he was, uh, you know, he's he was a little, uh, 
Um, didn't do a lot early, but at the last two preseason games in the NHL, one night in Winnipeg and one night somewhere else, we thought uh, he started to, to do some of the things that uh, you know we hoped we'd see him do, handle the puck and you know make some plays. And he's gone back with a lot of confidence. And and um, you know to this point in time, like you said, he's leading the league in scoring. He's missed two or three games um, because of a couple of minor nagging injuries, but uh, he's doing everything we would like him to do. Um, he's a very good prospect, and uh, you know obviously uh, I'm hoping that he can. Uh, play his way onto that Team Canada team at the World Junior. I think it would be a fabulous experience for him. Uh, Ken, uh, we, we, we've gone 14 minutes into this conversation. We started talking about the Hall of Fame. The Oilers have the two highest scoring players in the league. They're just off to ridiculous starts, Drysaddle and McDavid. Of course, if you win and you're those players, you get it. They're probably Hall of Fame caliber players. Pretty good uh, uh, starting point. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you, you just got to kind of marvel and shake your head with what they're doing right now. I mean, these are numbers we have not seen in the last 30 years in the NHL. No, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Oilers fans get to watch them on an every night basis. They're they're incredible. Um, you know, they're two of the maybe the two best forwards in the in the world. You know, they're 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 in the primes of their careers now. Uh, they're what twenty four, twenty five. They're gonna you know twenty five ish. Um, they're motivated. They're driven. Um, they've got great chemistry when they play together. They can play a part and give us more depth. Uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, they're just they're, they're like I said, they're two of the, maybe the two best uh, forwards in the world in the prime of their career. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, we, now we build around them. Obviously, we've tried to make some moves in the off season, and hopefully, some of these players we're talking about over the next year or two, you know, the Bobergs Bro- and Holloways and Borgos here are somewhere in the next uh, twelve to eighteen months. We need one or two of those players to kind of force their way onto the team so we can continue to build uh, build our team to be a little deeper and a little bit uh, a little bit better but certainly it starts with Connor and Leon and to conclude on that note you mentioned three first round picks that are percolating in the organization you got 11 and 3 start if you're in the mix top 8 team just to circle back could that first your history has shown you've been willing to deal in that scenario uh, even moving first round picks for the right player yeah, I think you know. I think first off, you got to play your way into that position. Would I trade a first-round pick? Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've done it multiple times before. You know, the the, the player that you need or the, the you have to be there. But yes, I mean, I've my history shows that I've done it before. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we're trading our first-round pick. But would I trade the first-round pick if the for the right deal? If I thought it was going to make us better, and and if we're having a tremendous year, we can continue to play at a high level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ken, great stuff. Uh, thanks for flying in and making sure that uh, you could join us here today. That had to be the only reason why you made it to Winnipeg. Uh, we'll see you at the arena tonight, okay? Congratulations thanks, again. Thank you. That is Oilers GM and President of Hockey Operations, Ken Holland. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. We're in the final two minutes of the show. We go to Listay in Oilers history. New West travel. So the Seattle trip, I know we got an event coming up tomorrow night on that front. We're going to have something to announce next week involving New West travel stateside. We're going to go back to 2001. 
on the state. Brendan Escott, what happened? The Oilers get multi-goal games from Anson Carter and Josh Green as they do away with the Chicago Blackhawks 7-1 on home ice at the Skyreach Center. Mike uh, Mike Comrie, George LaRock, Rem Murray, and Jochen Hecht all contributed multi-point efforts while Tommy Salo turned aside 27 of 28. Salo had a big year for Craig McTavish in 2001-2002. The Oilers in that season finished second in goals against. They missed the playoffs. Uh, shut her down. They could they could do that to you. They're a real good four-line team. Locked a little bit of the high-octane offense. The two teams we see tonight, Edmonton and Winnipeg, they have high-octane offense. At the Canada Life Center again, 4.30 face-off show, 6 p.m. puck drop. Uh, Cam, uh, Rob, Reed, myself, uh, Jack and Louie, Gene over on the TV side. Do want to mention again, if you're... Uh, Making your way to Commonwealth Stadium tonight. Stay warm. Brendan, make sure you're thawed and ready to go for tomorrow. I'll be back in studio. Team flies home from Winnipeg tonight after the game. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. David Staples, political affairs columnist, cult of hockey writer, Edmonton Journal, NHL insider, John Shannon, all on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then 6.30 Chad afternoons with Jalen and I. I will rejoin you at 4.35 Edmonton time live from Canada Life Center. The Oilers and the Jets tonight. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.